0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome
1: to another edition of Bears All Access. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner on Bears games on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, the Super Bowl Bear, Tom Thayer, and the former Bears quarterback who led the Bears to the 2001 playoffs, Jim Miller. Everybody tucked away in their locales and ready to go. We're going to have a good show tonight. we got a couple of guests. We're going to be joined by Haha Clinton Dix, the Bears' new safety, a free agent signing a one-year deal, and he'll be joining that back end with Eddie Jackson, an all-Alabama back end, and then we'll be joined as we look ahead to the Bears 100 celebration, first weekend in June with the big O, Otis Wilson. Tom, you reminded me last week, there's only one big O. We had Olin Kreutz on last week. You know, you can't help but say big O to him, too, but there's really only one big O, he's Otis Wilson.
2: Yeah, you know, Otis is that kind of guy. He's got a huge personality, and I think he kind of, you know, fills that with the way he played the way he embraced Chicago, the way he became one of the most favorite of all X bears. And it's, it's, you know, he's a, he's a unique guy because he's, you know, we always hear that term, boy, it looks like you could still play, but Otis looks like he could still play. He's in great shape. He's totally dedicated, to the Bears and his whole lifestyle, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. We'll be
1: talking to him closer to the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll have a segment here with big Jim Miller. And, Jim, uh, it's crazy to think, after everything that's gone on in this off season, uh whether it be uh, free agency draft, hirings, firings, quarterbacks getting moved around, there's only five weeks left in the offseason for most teams. And then they get a, about a month break, and then training camp starts. So we're coming down the wire here.
3: Yeah, it it really moves fast, and you we talk about it being uh, three sixty five twenty four seven football. Really is now. I mean, it's, it's just everything comes to the to the forefront from the season and their training camp, then the season, then postseason, and then hey, you're on to the uh, the Senior Bowl and the championship games, the Super Bowl, and then lo and behold, the combines on you before you know it, and then the draft, and you just got this small window to work with where you really. Get all these players, whether they're undrafted free agents or the draftable players who you selected, the free agent signings, to really indoctrinate them and get it all set, in really a small amount of time for the team to to gel together and and line up and, and do it again. And so that'll be the challenge for for Coach Nagy and, and his staff. And but at the same point, you got to be excited about how the team performed last year. Areas of focus where they did extremely well, growth of young players like Mitchell Trubisky and the and the players that were added in free agency, and then you just can you just keep stacking them, keep stacking them because uh, obviously a lot of excitement about the Bears going into the 2019 season.
1: And Jim and Tom, I, I felt some real genuine excitement at rookie minicamp over the weekend too, uh, from the the front office, from the coaches about the types of players they brought in. Uh, No first or second round pick, obviously, but running back David Montgomery feels like a first round pick, and he's getting a lot of love out there nationally as well as maybe one of the impact backs in his rookie season with the Bears, And, and I think it goes beyond that. It's some of the undrafted players we're going to get into tonight as well, but do you guys feel the same way? I mean, these guys, they really like what they're going to bring to the table intangibly, and then what their skill sets are and traits for their respective schemes on both sides of the ball.
2: You know, what? Jeff, running back is kind of a unique position in the fact that there's a lot of innate ability that you can recognize immediately. It's the vision. It's the power. It's the lowering of the shoulders. It's the quality of feet you have. With all the other positions, offensive line, you've got to work in tandem with the other five guys. If you're a defensive back, you have to make sure you have communication with the front seven to help you with the back four, five, or six, depending upon how many de- defensive backs you're playing. So uniquely enough, You get a talented wide receiver. You get a talented running back like Montgomery. You can go there, and you can be an immediate contributor, but you fill your plate the better you understand the offense.
3: And I thought it was interesting because we've talked so many times that the Bears probably wanted a bigger back with route running ability. This guy's got great cutback ability. We look at David Montgomery. He's elusive in his jump uh, jump cuts and his change of direction. He probably doesn't have elite top-end speed, uh, but he's quick. He's extremely quick. I thought it was interesting. The head coach of the Iowa State Cyclones, uh, Matt Campbell, he said he turned our program around. Was the quote about uh, David Montgomery? And He said if we had to put him at wide receiver, he'd be our best runner, at our best route runner at the position. So he comes highly regarded.
1: All right, he made a heck of a catch last weekend in mini camp down the sidelines and stayed on his feet, which is what he's all about. The guys got unbelievable contact. Balance and yes the, the quote from Matt Campbell he's a culture changer he was at Iowa State's going to fit into this culture in Chicago with the Bears and he loves the idea of running the football for the Bears his love of Walter Payton courtesy of his grandfather watching YouTube videos you can learn a lot from watching Walter Payton we'll continue on we'll be joined by Ha Ha Clinton Dix Bears new safety and we come back here on Bears All Access it's brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score Welcome back to Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. And now we're going to learn a little bit more about the newest bear and that Bears defense, that outstanding defense. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix, a name familiar to the fans of the Bears because of his connection with the Packers and the NFC North. We watched him play. Heck of an athlete, heck of a safety, and Aha, welcome to the Chicago Bears. How are you doing tonight?
4: Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here.
1: You know, it's been, I guess, just about a month. Have you have you gotten a real good feel of what it's like to mean uh, to be a Bear and what the culture is like at Hallis Hall? Well,
4: it's definitely a, it's definitely a great culture here. I'm um, still 100th season this year now, and um, just been just been around the team and been around a lot of the guys who uh, are familiar with with how the team is. And set up and, and have an organization to run, man. It's, I'm just glad to be a part of it, man, and I'm just looking to, to continue going forward.
2: Haha! Ha. This is Tom, there, the broadcaster with the Bears. I've been doing games with Jeff for quite a while, and it seems like every time we referred to you in a game, we always said, "Haha, ha, Clinton Dix makes the play." Is there a shorter version of your name that we can refer <laughs> to you that everybody knows you? Oh, wow! See, well,
4: my, first, my first name is Hasim. And uh, I've been called Ha since I was a little kid, so I think that's the shortage it's going to get.
2: <laughs> you know, it's hey, it's like it's like all the popular people that only need one first name. And to me, if we say Ha Ha, then we got everybody has to know who we're referring to. Exactly. So Ha Ha is, is actually fine as well. So um, I, I love my name, man, and, and people have, you
4: know make jokes about it all the time. But it's something that everybody loves and they grasp onto it.
3: Well, how about for for you, you know, here you, you indoctrinate yourself and uh, ingratiate yourself to the locker room in, in Green Bay, then have to make the transition to the Washington Redskins and, you know, just doing having that same opportunity to do that in Chicago, just to acclimate to the environment, you know, there's not too much to do up in Green Bay, there's a lot to do in Chicago, but just, I don't want to say it's old hat for you now, but you you've been through it before. And just what it takes to get to know your teammates, be a part of a, a new team, and really be a, be a part of it, and really to jump right in, so to speak.
4: Well, so the Bears, man, we have something special going on here, in the locker room, man, there's so many great guys who are who are down to earth and and funny, and you all have the same passion, and also, you know, want to win ball games, and that's what it's about. Um, you know, the first couple of days I came in, I was kind of a quiet kid, just trying to, you know, uh, get comfortable and you know see where I fit in that. And man, everybody here is so humble, man, and the what Ethic is, is unbelievable between the guys. And Colson uh, Nagy always spoke on uh, just being you, you know, and um, that's, that's what I'm doing now. But I'm just being me, man, and, um, you know, just having the positive energy and having fun doing it. So, but um, I'm excited about this opportunity.
1: Ha-ha, Clinton Dix, our guest here on Bears All Access. Ha-ha, can you do us a huge favor? We have a really bad connection on the phone. Is there any way you could call us right back and we'll continue our conversation?
4: I sure
1: can. All right, give a hang up. Give us a call back. We'll get you right back on. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller with us here on Bears All Access. Uh, this is a likable guy, fellas. He's going to fit in perfectly on this defense. I know Eddie Jackson certainly had a big impact in bringing him to Chicago. Uh, as we're going to learn if he, when he calls back, Mitch Trubisky also had a lot to do with him coming in here. Gave him a sales pitch to come in here. I like the fit.
2: You know it's kind of fun you listen to his personality because we're not exposed to a lot of his personality when he is on the other side. So now you have a chance to talk to him about the culture of the Bears, the reason and his an attraction to Chicago. And it's kind of nice to feel that Yeah, you, you, Adrian Amos is not here anymore, but you bring in a teammate that has experience, has an understanding of the division, and hopefully it'll be beneficial very quick for him.
3: Well, last year, I mean, this guy is productive now in terms of his career. 14 interceptions, has a nose for for the football, and I think he's extremely productive. He's a willing tackler. Uh, he's long and lean, all the things you're looking for for, for secondary players in, in modern-day day football. And I think, you know, for Eddie Jackson, just, you know, Alabama and the in the type of program that Nick Saban runs, you know, th- for him to, to jump in, I don't think it's not a big deal for him. You know, I think this guy knows how to work, and I think he'll stick his nose to the grindstone every single day and definitely will get turnovers for the Bears.
1: All right, let's see if we have uh-huh, Clinton Dix back on the line. Hi, uh-huh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, that sounds much better. Now we can hear you real well. All right, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Hey, I was just no saying, problem. you know, uh, Eddie Jackson, obviously, the connection is undeniable, the, the Bama connection. Uh, he helped get you here. But as I was told by Eddie and, and Tom Thayer and I heard it on draft day, he was on our show uh, – Mitch Trubisky getting on the phone and trying to get you here as well uh, made an impact on you. How rare is that for a quarterback to to, to go and dip on the defensive side of the ball and and bring somebody in, uh, you know, that he would like to see and help out, you know, with that uh, recruiting process?
5: Man, he's the leader of the team. Uh, He's one of the leaders of the team. And, um, you know, I've I've had the chance to play against him. So um, you have a, a quarterback that comes over and, you know, he tells you how much of a, you know, great player you are because, you know, he sees us on on tape a lot. And uh, that
2: just really meant a lot to me. And it it just
5: shows that uh, my play style doesn't go unnoticed.
2: Hey, HaHa, when you have a chance to practice against a guy like Aaron Rodgers and then you're removed from him and now you're going to play against him, who recognizes tendencies better, defensive backs of a quarterback or a quarterback of a defensive back?
5: Well, they always say that the IQ quarterback is a lot better than anybody else on the field. But um, just running from Arod and being able to play with him and sit in on meetings and just get a better feel from the game on and on, on how he sees it. Um I think I'm pretty up there. I'm pretty high with him uh when it comes to seeing the whole field.
3: Yeah, but um, you, know, you
5: know, just being able to play with him, man, and um, you know, learn from him, uh it just opened my eyes and I can see the field more.
3: Yeah, and I would say last year too, with with Alex Smith, who I think I mean, that guy is outstanding with with what he's done in his career. But when you look at your statistics i mean you're you're never afraid to stick your nose in there you got a great nose for the football just your 14 interceptions uh speak to that haha but what what areas do you feel you've gotten better since you've entered the 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 NFL cuz you're you know you're now a savvy vet is, is what you're considered
5: well when i first came to the league um i always went for the big hits instead of just wrapping up and just making a clean cut tackle um that, i think that was that was one thing that i always wanted to work on is my open field tackling and be able to high point the ball when it's in the air. Um, there's a lot of things I can continue to work on. I haven't reached my peak yet, and I'm just excited to get better.
1: Haha, uh-huh. Clinton Dix, our guest here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom there, Jim Miller with you. Haha, uh-huh. ha, uh, your familiarity with the division, you know, it, to me it's not an underrated thing at all. You know very much where all the bones are buried in the division. Uh, any unfinished business in the division for you?
5: Um. Well, I I can't really say that. No, not just excited to to get things going. Um, the Bears off to a great start last year. Lost the first round in the playoffs, uh, on the wind. I'll say, and um, man, we we got unfinished finish here. And uh, you know, like Coach Nagy says, we're the hunted now, and uh, we gotta we gotta carry that chip on our shoulder and know that um every team is gonna be after us, and we have to go out there with that same mindset each and every week to get better when, and and come out with the win each and every game.
2: Hey, HaHa, you talked about being a young guy and always want to come up and make the big hit. You know, tackling technique has changed in the NFL as recently as the last two, three, four years. Has that changed anything in terms of your job requirement and is how ticky-tacky they are about some of the hits or even the area that you can hit in the body?
5: Oh, most definitely. It definitely has changed a lot in the game, but it's also for uh, player safety. Um, I think that's most important in this game when you hear so much about CTE and all the – Brain bruises, as they would shake, say concussions. Um, I think it's for a good cause. Um, you just have to, you know, buy into the rules and, and just figure out ways not not to get caught up in the, you know, in the wrong areas.
3: Um, now going on, I mean, you've been with a lot of defensive coordinators now too, when you look at Dom Capers and Mike Penton, and then last year with Minuski and now being able to work with, with Chuck Pagano and, I, you know, obviously coverage is coverage. Certainly everybody's got man, man free and, and how they call it and all that, but just maybe the different techniques you've been exposed to. And even I'll say this for Nick Saban at Alabama, cause I know we put a lot of guys, a lot of on you guys to make a lot of calls back there in the in the secondary just in terms of your football intelligence and how you marry it all together to become the most complete player you you want to be well I think it started with just choosing to go play at the University of Alabama coach Saban
5: runs a NFL type defense and um I was just familiar with everything when I came into the league I believe Chuck Pagano and uh and, and Dom Capers have been together at some point in time or they run the same defense so when I switched teams, it was more so the terminology. I understood the game. I understood the concepts and uh, what to do to get lined up. So um, just being able to play with Saban, man, I think that, that really took my, my game to the next level with, with learning defenses and grasping on quick.
1: Haha, Clinton Dix, our guest. Kind enough to join us here on Bears All Access tonight as the season program continues. Just about five weeks left in it before break. Hey, you know, we don't know a lot about the coaching of Deshae Townsend. We know about him as a player. Obviously, he was an outstanding player. He's now the Bears' secondary coach. The guy played 191 games in his NFL career and put up some big numbers. Uh, you're tracking him down. You know, he has got he had 21 interceptions, so you got 14. You're, you're on his heels. But he, he's coached Patrick Peters, and he's coached Kevin Byard. He's coached a number of people while he's been at Arizona and Tennessee. What have you learned from him? What's he like as a coach?
5: He's a great coach. I've been around him for a month and he's talk talking to nothing but ball, man. He's all about the ball and making plays and just being in the right places. Uh he speaks on the back end, man. We have to be the best at, at everything we do. And uh he's very sharp minded. Uh of course he was an Alabama guy, so I'm gonna take up for him on that behalf. And uh man I'm just excited to work with him. Like you said, he worked with a lot of great players so he's no, he knows what he's doing and uh I'm just buying into the system and I'm excited to work with him. Uh I wish we can count up my, my picks in the playoffs but we can't, so Uh, he 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 had 21, so I'm going to catch
1: him. But you got 17 with the playoffs, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I they don't count. No, so it's okay. Haha, we've seen a lot of defensive players in the offensive huddle. Are you gonna get in Coach Nagy's ear and kind of want to display your offensive skills? You know,
5: once you. Well, me and Coach Nagy already had a talk about that.
2: So um, we'll see how that
5: goes. But I'm I'm excited about it, man. I'm I'm so excited to be a part of this team, this culture here, and. Um, I'm just ready to move forward, man, and just keep this thing going.
3: Well, I know where where you guys are in the off season. Still got the uh, the vet or vet, veteran mini camp and whole team mini camp to to go through. But what do you do in, in terms of your off time leading up to, to training camp? Are you one of the guys that crank it up in, in terms of your workouts to get ready? Just because you feel new team, you know, new opportunity, those type of things. What what do you have scheduled for yourself as you get ready for training camp?
5: Well, I don't know if you know, but Coach Loco has been has been piping it up a lot on us in the weight room now. So um, just about just taking care of the body, man, and staying focused and spending as much time with my family as I can before the season goes underway. Um, And and just working out, man, to make sure I stay in shape. I think being in shape is the most important thing for a player uh, in this league.
1: Well, did you – and we'll let you go after this, but, you know, you mentioned – Tom mentioned offense. You were a great running back in high school now, weren't you? All-American running back. Uh, I, was all right. I was okay. I was
5: okay. I'm nothing like these guys in the NFL
1: now, but I can still do something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we'll enjoy uh, spending more time with you throughout the uh, offseason and during the season, especially. But uh, glad you're with the Bears and hope you're enjoying Chicago. Thank you
5: so much. I
1: appreciate it. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Clinton Dix, Bears Safety, joining us here on Bears All Access. Back with Tom and Jim after this on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 to score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Creedon cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and if uh, you guys have been on uh, ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app, on Twitter or whatever, you've been seeing this week, fellas. Uh, I'm certain they didn't do this back in your day, but throughout the league you got it's picture video promotional week you know you got you got different networks coming in to shoot the guys in full uniform they're getting their uh, their pump up videos you'll see in Soldier Field and you saw some of it on on the web and so forth it's branding for the season and these guys take it seriously i'm not joking
2: well you see how many times are we sitting at games or you're watching a game on TV and and you see those videos come up and they um, the the fans have a lot of fun with them. Their participation increases the enthusiasm inside the stadium. And like you said, you have to take it serious because it is it is part of individual branding. And if you happen to have a great football season, those videos and the those presentations are going to be played regularly
3: yeah i, I don't know you know I, I just know players hated doing it because you kind of oh, kind of go you stand <laughs> in line you know whether it's cbs or the networks that are there and you, they take you in the back room and they have the whole big setup and everything all right can't can't you give us a mean look can't you you know all right do something funny for us and you're just like what i, I just want to <laughs> go learn my playbook is that all right can i do that but uh, yeah it's kind of a necessity now uh, the way modern day uh, nfl is is uh, really broadcasted
1: uh help Helping us out today, as always, uh, and this is not an easy show to put together because of uh, everybody's in parts of the country. Herb Lawrence and Adam Stazinski helping us out. Shane Reardon, as always, as well, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Okay, a couple of takeaways from rookie minicamp, uh, and, and after this next segment, we'll be joined by Otis Wilson, the 85 Chicago Bear outstanding linebacker. Uh, Riley Ridley, known for his route running, precise route running, Boy, that showed in minicamp as well. Granted, no pads, they're running around, but you could see some of the, the strengths of some of these guys right off the bat. Tom and Jim, well, that was one of my takeaways. And then just some of the guys that they brought in uh, in the undrafted market. Dax Raymond, the tight end out of Utah State. Missouri receiver Emmanuel Hall. 25 teams offered this guy a free agent deal. He wanted to be with the Bears. Uh, some local guys too, from the state, so uh, I'm real encouraged about what they might be able to pluck and add to the competitive aspect of training camp
2: you know Jeff when you good is good what if you're if someone is good at their position their skill their craft, they're good the day they get there and then you see players that develop over time that have to learn different techniques and the did a, lift the differences between their college program and what's expected of them by the NFL. You go back to 85 or 80, when Jimbo, 83, when Jimbo was drafted, you knew Jimbo was great the second he got in a stance and he got even better throughout his career. And then you see other players that have a chance to develop. You mentioned Ridley. Here's a guy with a great deal of experience in all the assets they talked about leading up to the draft. He puts them on display and you get an understanding. Wow. Like you mentioned, all the route running, the catching ability, the rate catching radius, and all that is evident.
3: Yeah, it's it's going to be a competitive – Wide receiver room. There's no doubt about that because Ridley. Not only he's got huge hands now. If you go look at uh, you know, just the measurables and things like that. Certainly the name of his older brother. And you know, a lot of times too, it's it's the structure of the offense because him at Georgia. Certainly with Sony Michelle and the running backs that they had there, or even this year Elijah Holyfield. They did focus more on running the football. This guy's a willing blocker. Uh, does everything extremely well. Uh, can make the big catches. A really good fluid uh, route runner that you mentioned. And I'd say the same thing about. About Emmanuel Hall a, a Hall of Famer Gil Brandt. We co- made every pick of the draft uh, there uh, this year in Nashville, and it was from the fourth round on. Gil Brandt said, My the highest guy on my board is Emmanuel Hall. Mm. Shocking that he did not get drafted. That is a talented football player from Mizzou.
1: I'm excited about watching that unfold as well. And I, I'm telling you, Bears fans, you're going to like Duke Shelley, the 5'9 corner, uh, likely to handle that, uh, try to compete for that slot job out of Kansas State. He's feisty, he's energetic, and He's magnetic. Players respond to his enthusiasm. You're going to like it. Coming back, we're going to be joined by Otis Wilson, the Big O, former first-round pick in 1980 by Jim Finks and the Bears. He'll be joining us to talk about the 100 Celebration Weekend coming up in June. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, everybody. Join us for Bears 100 Celebration Weekend in Rosemont, June 7th through the 9th enjoy player autographs photo ops football panels and activities for all ages you can get your tickets today at chicagobears.com it's going to be a fun weekend uh, i know tom and i are going to be involved in these football panels there's some very interesting ones some great ones that we can't really wait to get involved with and uh, to hear the stories about the past and maybe things we've never heard before i know that's hard when you're Uh, A Chicago bear in this market because so many stories have been told, but there's a few that we're going to try to pull out of these guys, right?
2: Of course. There's a lot of great stories that even that you're kind of re-reminded of because you had some of the experiences with them. You know, one thing, for example, when I, when I got to the Bears, I would watch Buddy Ryan lead this troop of defensive players to these archaic 50 up-downs they would have to do before practice. Jog in place, jump to their stomach, pop up, and, and I was thinking, oh, my God, I, I can't believe at this level that Buddy Ryan can take this group of talent and just challenge the discipline of them by having doing something like up downs before practice.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure for every player that you, when you're a part of something uh, uh, special, a part of teams, you know, you create those those bonds. A lot, a lot of funny things happen. You know, you're with each other every day for for many hours, and a lot of funny stories uh, really un- unfold, and th- there are some great ones and the legendary ones. Uh, but you know, I just know the ones that I was there in and in a part of, of with great teammates, and man, they're they're fun to think back, and, and it really brings a smile to your face to be a, a part of such a great guys, great organization, and everybody that you dealt with over the years uh, that you participated.
1: Tom, you, you 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 brought up something now. I got to ask. So, respectively, both you guys, what's the one thing you hated doing in terms of physically at during practice or at training camp that you really did not like doing
2: you know when we started training camp jeff you know we didn't have these pre-practices where you go with no pads you show up and you start pads and so you go through the very first day you go through your stretching you warm up your individual the whistle blows and you go to this drill it used to be called nutcracker where it was one offensive lineman, one defensive lineman or linebacker in a running back behind you. And you'd go up and down the line of scrimmage, and the whistle would blow or the snap count would go, and it would just be a massive collision. And so that's the way that we began training camp. So probably the first five to eight or nine days, depending on how, depending upon how physically we are practicing it would be judgment how long we would do those. so nobody looked forward to them. They were neck shortening <laughs> drills, but it, 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 they were super competitive. What's the first
1: who's the first guy you went up in Nutcracker? do you remember?
2: Steve McMichael. Oh my I, I would go Steve Mc, I would go Steve McMichael first, uh, Mike Singletary second and then William Perry third
1: oh that's 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 terrible thank you
2: lord <laughs> you for better. the red jerseys thank you lord i right. never had to do the oklahomas <laughs> well what
1: did you what did you hate
3: doing uh being in the damn training room all oh, the yeah. time that yeah. you know that was you know it's just it's you know it. it when you're you find yourself in there more than well you because i i did i i love practicing i love being out on the field i love you know honing the craft getting getting better and You know whether it's torn Achilles or shoulders, it just it gets old being in that training room. You know, but even then though, there's so many great memories, and you know, God bless uh, Ed McCaskey because a lot of times I'd be sitting there on the table right next to him, and we had some great conversations that even you know I cherish to this very day.
1: Yep, you can't ever forget that, and nor can we forget the play. Of Otis Wilson. First round pick of the Bears back in 1980. Kind of enough to join us tonight here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Good evening, Otis. Jeff Joniak, Tom there. Jim Miller. How you doing tonight? Uh,
6: good evening, guys. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Jeff, how you been? I've been doing good. Great, I've been man. good. Good, good. Man, it's just how we say it's just taking it easy this evening.
1: Well, you know, I bring it up from the start because I just asked Tom and Jim uh, about what they, what's the one thing they disliked about, you know, going to practice or training camp or whatever? One thing you dreaded going to every day. Was there anything? Tom didn't didn't particularly love the nutcracker. Well, how about yourself?
6: Um. Well, I, I really viewed practice as like I did school. You know, I just I did enough to the 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 polish my skills, but. I always figured, you know, you don't have to take five hours to do something that you can do in two hours. So I didn't like practice much, especially when it's 100 and something degrees and you got (laughs) to practice twice a day with pads on and then beating up on the guys you love, that's
2: no fun. But you know Otis, I was bringing up for me to watch the whole the whole '85 Bears because I was a late comer there. But I remember coming out there and watching every single day, Buddy having you guys do up downs, and I hated it for you guys. Did you did you hate it or did you just know you had to live through it? Well, you knew you were going to do it. I mean, any type of
6: running, whether it was you know gassers or up downs. I mean but when you think about it Tom you know it, it was really buddy always wanted to pay prepare you for five quarters it wasn't about four quarters it was about five quarters long and that's what that's what the mentality he wanted you to have so but to physically do it after a long day I mean when he said hit the line I'm like oh man you yeah. know here we go and then if he said okay let's up let's up down okay. You know, I look at him and, and I just like okay. I just give him that little half smile, and he and he looks at me like, you know, you know, Buddy Ryan. You know what he'll tell you in a heartbeat.
3: <laughs> well, Otis Jim Miller here. Good to talk to you again, my friend. And when you arrived w- with the Bears in 1980, when did you realize you're going to be a part of something special, something historic in terms of the defense? Well, the, the, the guard
6: run is true. When I first came here and I got Doug Buffon's number, Doug came from Louisville as I did and played for 15 years and did a stellar job. I said, The pressure's on me because I mean, I know they're going to compare, you know, what he did to what I'm going to do. Um, and looking at the linebacker call, you had Tom Hicks, Jerry Muckham and oh God, I can't even think, of this. his name went out of my head, Gary Campbell, Soupy, you know. I honestly, and, and don't don't take this the wrong way, I said this linebacker course sucks. I said I need to be out there twenty four seven, and I just worked my butt off, you know, and and in the process, so that I could you know be a number be be that number one player that they wanted me to be, but it really didn't start happening for us because we were losing a lot of football games, and. You know, at the last game, the last home game, guys were packing their car. You know, I'm like, well, what kind of crap is this? I mean, don't y'all want to go to the playoffs? So the attitude wasn't there. I say those, those first two years, it was an experience. I mean, the best thing about it, I'm going to give you another God's honest too, was watching Walter Payton. I mean, this man would just beat up people trying to tackle him. So, you know, when I got out there, I said, I want to keep him off the field. I mean, he don't need to be killing himself. So
1: that, that, that's my take on it. Otis Wilson, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. With Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak. So you're a two-time All-Pro. You go to the Pro Bowl in 85, 10 and a half sacks that season. Uh, you were a feared pass rusher, 36 career sacks. You could have even done more damage if you were put in those positions. You swiped 10 balls, scored a couple of touchdowns. And let me be the first to tell you, and in case you didn't know, uh... It is going to be revealed the top uh, players in Bears history, the top 100 for the 100th celebration. And Otis Wilson, you're in the top 50 all time Chicago Bears. This is all wow. a part of a, a Chicago Bears Centennial scrapbook put together by uh, two outstanding writers, Hall of Fame writers, and Don Pearson and Dan Pompey. Uh, this book will be coming out right in time for the convention. Uh, $55 it'll be on the Bears Pro Shop that's, when it comes that's, out. So, congratulations. That's a good Top that's fifty player in Bears history.
6: <laughs> well, I, I really, you know, you know, when people play, they don't play for accolades. But to hear that and know the tradition of what defensive players done in Chicago, I mean, that that just total honor. I, I'm surprised. Um, I'm shocked, and you know, I'm I'm greatly appreciative.
2: You know, Otis, in my time in watching Buddy Ryan, he never handed anything to anybody. And Jeff just read about the stats that you were able to achieve and stuff. When How did you make the transition to the good side of Buddy? What did you do that, okay, Buddy said, I realize, man, this guy is legit. I'm going to play him, and I'm, I'm going to give him a lot of opportunity. How did that go with you and Buddy?
6: Well, like everybody else. I mean, you have to win Buddy's confidence, you know, because he always said, rookies get you beat and he stay on, you stay on rookies. And he just, you know, humbles you, breaks you down to build you up. And finally, you know, probably the fifth game, you know, being anxious and wanting to play, you know, I sat in his office. I came to have a meeting with him and I sat down and talked with him. And, you know, he really explained to me, you know, what he was trying to, to, to get out of his players and watching film and, Understand the system because number one, that system was crazy. Tom, I mean, we called AFC Automatic Front and Cover, and off of any off that that particular AFC, you know, you, you have four or five different responsibilities, and then that's not even going into, you know, the forty six. So, you know, I, I just didn't know what was going on. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I ain't no five beta capital. you know, <laughs> but I mean, I'm no dummy either. I'm not a dummy, but I mean, and I understand the scheme of football, but I, so I took the time to sit with him on, on numerous occasions and really understood what he was talking about. But then again, he was still still hard on me. He, he don't have no favorites. But then when you uh, are a buddy's boy, he'll go to bat for you 100%. And, you know, I finally understood what he was trying to accomplish and how he wanted all of us to know what everybody's doing and, you know, get out there and just – be the best athlete you can be, give you all, that's all he could ask. You know, and I used to always get next to him, buddy. 46, buddy, because what, you know, what Cleo Mack and Von Millen and all them were doing, I was doing that a long time ago. You know, but it, it's right. different yeah. times and a different defense and a different scheme the way they're playing it. But that's what, you know, and then keeping the stats, they really didn't start keeping the stats until probably – after the 85-86 season, you know, because, you know, my, my average as far as, the, you know, looking at Richard over there or any defensive end that on that side, I can get to the ball just as quick as they can. So, it was just a matter of understanding what he was trying to do because he, he he treated us like his kid. He always would say, just because I beat you don't mean I don't love you.
3: Yeah. Well, Otis, when you, you brought up, uh, you know, just, you know, the changes in the ev- in the NFL and the evolution of it here, the, the 100th anniversary of, of football. And certainly football's been under attack, but yet it's rated higher than it's ever been. You know, just uh, the meaning of football to you, why you started playing, your love of the game, because it, it sure, certainly showed with the passion you played with.
6: Well, you know, I love the game. I started when I was eight and, you know, I used to have to go to different neighborhoods. To play because after about two weeks I beat up on everybody and <laughs> ain't nobody wanted to play, you know? So when I finally got in high school, I mean, I, you know, the competition got better and you always, you know, my, my philosophy is I'm not going to let you outshine me. Ain't no way. If you going if I see somebody who's doing well, I'm going to do better. And that, that, that's been my philosophy since day one. I have a lot of respect for the game. <clears throat> we had a lot of great athletes. I mean, you look at our offensive line, you look at, you know, Walter. I mean, you know, when I first got here, the only two people that had on that offensive line was Noah Jackson and Reevee Short. And then Walter would follow them and get as much as he could. So, I think that 83 draft was would go down in history probably one of the best drafts for us as Chicago. Because when he, we had all these guys, Dave and Richard did, I mean, everybody started coming, you know. And, you know, that's when that 83 83, 84, 85, 86, 87. I mean,
1: 88, it was just a good ride. Otis Wilson, our guest, our remaining moments with the Bears linebacker, uh, ranked the t- on the top 50 all-time Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll tell you more about that uh, scrapbook coming out here in June. Uh, real quick, I was thumbing through some some photos today, and there's an iconic one of you and Walter Payton high five, and I believe that's when he broke the rushing record um, at, at Soldier Field um what it what was the relationship like the bond between the two of you because there's a lot of pictures of you and Walter
6: Well when I first got here you know Walter I guess took a liking to me and you know I'm a guy from New York City Brooklyn you know a little fast you know run my mouth and you know high strong and you know he 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 said you know we, we just really struck up a conversation and like you do with any teammate and it would just form that bond. And, you know, I would go over to, you know, meet him at his house, and we go hunting on Tuesdays with Roland Hopper, three of us. And, you know, he would. Um, I was interested in, you know, the business aspect. You know, he would always, you know, take me to some of his restaurants and clubs. I mean, we just really had a good time, you know, talking. And, and what I, what I lo- really loved about him was, I mean, he always had a smile on his face. He never took nothing serious. I mean, obviously, he took a lot of things serious, but he always was jokingly about it. He enjoyed what he was doing, and he always said, play this thing, do this thing, you know, like you've never done it before because you never know how long it's going to last. And always kept that with me, and, you know, until the end, it was heartbreaking at the end, but. You know, he walked with a genuinely nice guy.
1: Plus, he had a nice car, so I'll always
6: get to drive his car. <laughs> 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 Everybody thinks they, they were mine at some time. Like, nah, you know, you know, you fake that wave like it's your car.
1: <laughs> More great stories like that from Otis Wilson and many, many other Bears. If you'll join us at the Bears 100 celebration in Rosemont, June 7th through the 9th, we'll be looking forward to hearing these stories. You'll be on with Tom and I in some panels, so. Looking forward to seeing you, Otis. Thanks for taking the time tonight.
6: Well, you know, I always Thanks, appreciate Otis. what you guys you guys do because you guys keep it real and you make it enjoyable listening to it and and you, you, you people can really understand what football is all about. So until next time, peace and love.
1: Peace and Thanks, love. Buddy. Otis See Wilson, you. Bears <laughs> linebacker. We'll continue with our program after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back with you on Bears All Access, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller. We just talked to Otis Wilson. Uh, the unvarnished truth, huh? Otis Wilson gives you it, he gives it to you straight, Tom and Jim.
2: You know, Jeff, one thing when we talk about preparation for the 100-year anniversary celebration with the Bears, when you talk to a teammate, it ignites stories in your head of things that happen on the practice field that not everybody sees. You know, for example, I remember the day... Because they did it, they pulled it off on me, but when they did it to their defensive line coach, Mick or Dan Hampton would come up and kind of engage you in a conversation, and then McMichael would get behind you on all fours, and then Hampton would push you over. And so <laughs> they did it to me on the practice field, but the day I saw two guys like that do it to Dale Hopp, their defensive line coach, and then he got so mad he was <laughs> getting up chasing them. So it is, it's, it's things that you think about with old teammates that, are stories that Matt, you you thought that you couldn't remember them, but a conversation, a subject, you start talking to someone, and then you think about a million things that you went through as a Chicago Bear, um, either as a broadcaster or a player that are you're reminded of in these times.
1: Jim, was there an era of football that you would have preferred to play in, or did you were you the right fit for your era?
3: Uh, no, I th- you know I I enjoyed my era. You know, I, he, when you look at it, you know, I started, like I said, with a great organization. But like you said, I mean, things are just different now, you know, and how you could prepare. It was more hands-on. You do more field work, more practicing, uh, things like that. You know, and you look back, it's funny because you have on Otis, we have on Otis Wilson tonight who's a, a great linebacker. And I go back and I bring this up about Dale Lindsay all the time. I mean, I, I'll i never forget. We'd get out of our quarterback meeting rooms and Dale Lindsay would already have the linebackers, Brian Urlacher. Obviously, Kari Samuel uh, would be out there, and Roosevelt Coleman. and he he worked those guys to the bone. Now, I mean, but those guys will all tell you they they credit that Dale's the one that got them ready to play.
1: Well, War Coleman were, was in that group, right? Yeah,
3: War Colman, and they were that was a good group. I mean, they really were. but a lot of it was that that effort, you know, and all the hard work that those guys did, you know, during during you know that time that you could go on the field and practice, and that's that's for every team that I've been with. You know, I could tell you a story like that. And, uh, you know, coach impacting a player plus the players, you know, realizing how great that they were and how good of players uh, they could be. And he pushed them now. And he pushed them hard. And those players were all willing to accept it. Uh, Probably, like what Otis said, didn't like it all the time. But they knew at the end of the day, it was making him better.
1: Uh, he was a heck of a linebacker too in the NFL, Dale Lindsay. I think that the guys called him Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a tough guy, man. He he went. He, he had so many knee injuries that guy kept coming out of the practice field though and coaching, coaching everybody up. He took nothing. None, none of those guys could take anything for granted because he never knew where you were going to get uh, the next day of practice. Um, you know, and some of these types of stories, and I'm going to go back to this book that Don Pearson and Dan Pompey put together. And, you know, with the foremost authority on the Chicago Bears, Virginia McCaskey, also providing a unique look back at the at the first 100 years. They spent uh, 10 hours, over 10 hours with her, interviewing her. And she she's the only one with the firsthand knowledge of every decade, guys, in the 100 wow. year history. So Amazing. you can imagine what those stories are going to be like.
2: Oh, I mean, it's unique. I don't, you know, there's a couple of organizations that have people that have been around them with the Rooney family or the Mars and stuff. But when you talk about the creation of the NFL and just just some of the um, meetings or everything that she was able to witness. There's not a person that you could go and talk to about the NFL that has actual eye account experiences.
3: Yeah, it, it really is amazing. Like, and I mention this about Dan Rooney all the time. God rest his soul. When I was with the the Pittsburgh Steelers, but now you know his son or his relatives taken over the team, and you know, and that's the same for the whole McCaskey family. I mean, that whole family has grown, has seen it, have been a part of it, have witnessed it, but none, none like her, none. I mean, it, it truly is amazing.
1: Be looking for the book, Chicago Bears Centennial Scrapbook. Insider take on coaches, players, ownership, key games, innovations, significant milestones, events that shape what the Bears are today. Uh, there's going to be so many different things in that book, including uh, you, you know artifacts and everything like that. So it's going to be a great great thing to get on your uh, your table for sure on your nightstand. Uh, all right, couple things league wide today. Um, just want to touch on them real quick. First of all, Kyler Murray signed his contract. Uh, it's not unusual, obviously, uh, with the way it's, uh, everything's slotted now, but the $35 million contract for Kyler Murray.
2: Well, you know, now it's up to Arizona to make sure that they cultivate his talent, figure out a way how he can use it in the abusive defenses of NFL football, making sure that he turns out to be an asset that's going to lead you into the future for the next 10 years because this GM cannot go and fail on two top 10 quarterback picks within two years. And that's so I think there's a lot of pressure here with the first-time head coach a passing coordinator that's not really an RPO type of coach, and then his size is always going to be suspect unless he's so great that it just doesn't matter.
3: Yeah, I mean, here I think this the style, the fit, um, and you're right. I think we'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. you know. And uh, I think Tom brings up a good point about Steve Kine, but I will say this about the general manager of Arizona. He supports his coach. What his coach needs, he drafts. And obviously, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he coveted Kyler Murray. Shoot, he recruited him out of high school. He's seen the, the kid uh, since he was a young man and always grown now to be a first round pick, in not only baseball, but football as well. So, certainly Jim, a lot of ex- excitement about Kyler Murray.
2: I want to ask you a question, Jim. If Bruce Arians, hypothetically, Bruce Arians is still the head coach of Arizona, does he develop Josh Rosen or does he even consider Kyler Murray?
3: Uh, I I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think he would have considered Kyler Murray. He has always been the big, strong pocket passer guy. Why he went out, you know, he's been with Big Ben. You think of the guys he was with in Cleveland, and then they even went out and traded and, and got Carson Palmer from the Oakland Raiders. So he likes the big, strong-arm pocket passer guys to throw Chuck it down the field.
1: All right, guys, believe it or not, we're out of time, ready to roll. Thanks, as always, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Thanks to our guests tonight, HaHa Clinton Dix, Otis Wilson, Thanks, most of all, to you for listening. Thanks to Herb Lawrence, Adam Sosinski, and Shane Reardon. We're out of here. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.